Good morning. Today is Sunday, October 25th, 2020. In this week's Parsha, we learn the mitzvah of brismila, of circumcision. The Torah says, Hashem says to Avram, Zos brisi asher tishmeru beini uveinichem, uvein zarecha This is the covenant. This will establish the relationship between you and me and your descendants and me after you. Each boy should have brismila, ritual circumcision. The mitzvah of bris is fundamental to Jewish identity for boys. At the bris, we normally give a baby boy his Jewish name because that's the moment when his identity is set. Of course, a baby boy is born Jewish if he's born born to a Jewish mother, but the identity as a Jew is established with his name, with his bris. Also, a person, a a man or a boy, who wishes to convert to Judaism is also required to have bris milah, ritual circumcision. Again, this is something fundamental about our identity. And it is also a mitzvah that is among those most widely practiced in the Jewish world, even among those Jews who are not observant of other Jewish practices. And that is noteworthy, especially because of the fact that it is not an easy mitzvah. It is difficult. It is painful. And notwithstanding that difficulty, it is among the most widely practiced mitzvahs. So every time I go to a bris, I am struck by the most obvious question, I think, about this mitzvah. It's a question that is asked first in the Talmud. And the Talmud asks the following question. On the surface, the mitzvah of bris milah does not seem to make sense. Because God works hard to create a baby boy. And it's complicated. And it's got to be precise. And it takes a long time. So, if God wants the end result of this baby boy not to have this particular piece of skin, why not just let the baby be born without this piece of skin? Why have the baby boy be born with something that as soon as the baby is born, you have to remove it? It just seems illogical. So there are a number of answers to this, but one of the classic answers that is so meaningful, not only within the context of this mitzvah, but within our life as Jews and actually as human beings in the world, is an answer that is given by the Beis HaLevi. The Beis HaLevi was one of the classic Torah commentators who lived in the early 1800s. And he understands this mitzvah based on its introduction. I read to you the verse that commands the specific act of circumcision, but the passage starts earlier. The passage starts where God appears to Avram and speaks to Avram in the course of his speaking to Avram. He commands him in the mitzvah of bris milah. But let's look at the beginning. 
the way God introduces this passage. This is in this week's parsha of Lech Lecha. It's chapter 17, verse Aleph, verse 1. And it was that Avram was 99 years old. And God appeared to Avram, and God said to him, Ani Kel Shakai. I am the God known by the word Shakai. <coughs> we pronounce that outside of prayer or outside of Torah reading differently than it's written. It's written with the words Shin Dalid Yud. So I'm going to use that word so that we understand what it means. Shaddai. That is the name of God. So God says to Avram, I am the God that is Shaddai. His halech lefanai samim. Walk before me and be pure. Be perfect. Walk before me. <clears throat> now we understand within the text of the Torah, there are different names that are used for God. And it is fundamental to us that that does not mean that God forbid there is more than one God. It means rather that God has different attributes, different characteristics, if you will, different moods. And each time a name is used for God, that name that is used indicates something about the character or mood of God that is being uh, 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 utilized by God at that moment. <coughs> so the Medrash asks, what is the significance of this particular name of God, Shin Dalid Yud Shaddai? And the Medrash says, Sha'omar Laolamo Dai. God said, to the world as he was creating it, die. Die means enough, enough. Die, 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 stop, enough. Meaning like this. Let's go back to Beratius. God is creating the world. Um, how many plants should God create? A dozen, a hundred, a million, two million, how, how many does God want? How many stars does God want? A billion, a hundred billion, four and a half million billion. How many is enough for God? How many species does God need? So what the Medrash says is, God starts creating. He starts creating planets and stars and all the different things in the world, plants and trees and animals. And at a certain point, God says, die. Enough. That's how many I want. I want this many, no less, no more. That's why Sha'omar Laolamo die. This refers to God as the creator, but not only as the creator, but as the one who decides not only. Let, let, let me clarify. God initiates creation and God controls creation. I'm creating and this is how many I want to create. 
no less, no more. Sha'amar la'olam odai, God is the one who determines this much is enough. However, the Beis HaLevi adds that when God said, die, this is enough, it's not only quantitative. God said, this is how many species I want. God said, this is how many different kinds of apples that I want in my world. God said, this is how many planets and stars that I want. That's true. But there's also a qualitative aspect of it. That is, how completed should the world be? For example, let's take Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava. Were they created as babies? And as soon as they were created, they were crawling? Were they created as children? Were they created as adults? Were they created as senior citizens? At the moment of their creation, did they look hunched over and, you know, with arthritis? And that is, how far along in the process of their creation did God want them to be created? Now, the truth is, it's a very good question. I don't actually know the answer to that question. I think we assume based on the narrative, that they were created as uh, young adults, maybe mid-age adults, certainly adults who could mate and have children. They don't seem to be children, babies. If that would have been the case and they were the only two human beings, how would they have cared for each other? Okay, so God decided, this is how old I want them to be. But the same qualitative decision needs to be made about everything. For example, food. Some food God created ready to eat, ready to go. Water. God created water. You don't need to do anything to it. You just drink it. Some fruits, you don't have to do anything to do it. All you have to do is pick it and bite it. That's all you have to do. It's ready to go. But some things that God created require a certain amount of work. Grain, wheat, flour, those are not ready to eat uh, foods. They require further production. You have to grind them, you have to sift them, you have to mix them and knead them. There are more steps that are necessary before they become usable for human beings. So, for each item that God created, God not only created how many of them there would be, God also decided how far along towards their usable end they would be. In other words, God created the world unfinished. God created the world imperfect, in a state of incompletedness, because not everything is ready for immediate human consumption. And the reason God did this, 
The reason God created that at a certain point he said, that's as far along as I want it to go so that man will come along and complete it. God creates the world in a state of incompleteness in order to give man, men and women, the role of becoming partners with God in completing and perfecting the world. You see this, I think, most graphically in the famous bracha that we say when we eat a piece of bread. We discussed this last week. Every food that we eat, there's a different bracha to make before we eat it. And there's a special bracha for bread. But pay attention to the words. Because if you have not paid attention yet, it's going to strike you as a very odd formula. Baruch atah Hashem elakeinu melechalam. Blessed are you, God, King of the universe. Hamotzi lechem min haaretz. We bless you, God, who brings forth bread from the earth. But God does not bring forth bread from the earth. I have never seen bread brought forth from the earth. What I've seen is wheat that's made into flour, that's made into dough, that is baked, and that is made into bread. So who is it that is motzi lecha min ha'aretz? Well, we're thanking God who started the process, yes, but let's also recognize we were God's, God's partners in making it into bread. Bread only happens when there is human intervention to take the partially ready products and to bring them to perfection, to bring them to completion. And that is exactly what the Pasuk is saying. God says to Avram, Ani kel Shaddai. I am the God that said Shaddai in creating the world. I am the God that said, I want a human being, a boy to be born like this, not quite finished. And therefore I am giving you the mitzvah to do the last finishing touches, to remove that one extra piece that now makes that body per per perfect. You become my partner. And that points to God's high view of us, that he is willing to take us as his partner, that he is willing to feel, to recognize that we are capable, we are appropriate to be God's partner. There's a famous phrase that's used often today, tikkun olam. Literally the world literally the phrase tikkun olam means fixing the world. Usually when it's used today, it is used to refer to social justice. We have an obligation. This is a Jewish value of tikkun olam, of fixing the world, of making the world a better place, of eradicating poverty, of eradicating racism and hatred, of eradicating inequality. That's tikkun olam, fixing the world. That's true. That is a correct meaning. But the original meaning of the phrase tikkun olam is much wider than that. It is not limited to the social sphere. Tikkun olam applies in 
every area of life. It is our responsibility as human beings to take the imperfect world, not only physically and socially, but also spiritually and emotionally, to take it and to help make it closer to perfect, to fix it, to make it better, because we are God's partner. That's the true meaning of tikkun olam. The consequence of this Beis HaLevi applies far wider than just this beautiful ceremony of brismila, of circumcision. What it means is when we see something that is broken, anything, when we see someone who is broken, anyone, we may ask ourselves, why is that broken? Why does God allow that to be broken? And the answer is, God allows that to be broken and imperfect so that we can fix it. That's why it's not yet fixed. Because as God's partner, it is our job to complete what God begins. My friends, I want to wish you a great day and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.